0: What's going on? Welcome back. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you're ready to dive into a conversation about purpose and productivity. We are going to be examining the life of Joseph in the Old Testament and understanding the connection between purpose and productivity so that you can better grasp the concept of how one and the other help to silence Anxiety. Now, before we dig in, I want to just let you know that some of, if not most of, the episode is really going to dive into a historical account of Joseph's life. So I'll be recounting, you know, parts of Genesis. And then I'll tie in the productivity piece and how knowing your purpose helps boost productivity. And silence anxiety. So, I highly recommend you have a Bible with you. I hope you have a journal, you're taking notes, or you have your computer open. If you're driving, this is definitely going to be an episode you want to come back to, or at the very least, you know, check out the show notes for so that you can have access to the key takeaways and better apply those in your own walk and daily life. So, without further ado, let's get it done you're now listening to her renewed strength the podcast a place where you my sisters in christ are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well steward well and set your minds on eternity i'm your host erica diaz castro your jesus-loving puerto rican life coach If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party. And let's dig into today's episode. So Joseph is introduced in Genesis chapter 37. And if you're in the Christian Standard Bible translation, which is the translation I'm in today, you see that this particular chapter is titled Joseph's Dreams. And at this point, Jacob lives in the land of Canaan. He has his 12 sons and he has, you know, other children as well that we see introduced, including Dinah. But coming back to Joseph, Joseph at this point is 17 years old. He's a young man, you know? I'm sure that if you've dug into any of the texts that talk about the size of guys back then in Israel, they were not huge guys, they were pretty small in comparison to what we think of when we consider the american dudes around us if you're in the usa you know six two and all that these guys are not that big they're like you know maybe five seven five nine so he's around that age where he's probably as tall as he's gonna be and he was working with his brothers basically he comes back gives a bad report about them to their father so he's a tattletale right so he goes out to work with his brothers, comes back, tells his dad Jacob all the terrible things that his brothers did, and that doesn't rub them the right way. So at this point, we can see that he is kind of like the adversary, at least in his brother's eyes, to his siblings. Now, Israel, also Jacob, loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. Okay. And he's actually the first son of Rachel. So Israel ends up making Joseph a long-sleeved robe. And when his brothers saw that, they were not very happy. They hated him, and they just couldn't bring themselves to speak peaceably to him, which is what verse 4 says in chapter 37. Then Joseph has this dream. When he tells his brothers they hated him even more, he says to them, Listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. And suddenly, my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers are like, are you serious? You're really going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule us? So then they hated him even more. So let's just think about it. He rats them out. Then he gets a special robe from his dad. And then he tells them about the dream where their sheaves bowed down to his sheaf. He's not the most popular guy in the group. Then he has another dream and tells his brothers, look, I had another dream and this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. 11 stars would be his 11 brothers because he is one of 12 brothers, okay? He told his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this you've had? Am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his dad kept the matter in mind. Then we see that Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. So this is a man, okay? This is a 17-year-old young man sold into slavery by his brothers who hate him for multiple reasons primarily driven by pride and jealousy. Okay? After this, he's sold to a dude named Potiphar who is in Egypt and Potiphar is an officer of the pharaoh and captain of the guards. Now, in chapter 38, they highlight Judah and Tamar, so we're going to skip over chapter 38 in Genesis. So we're going to come back to Joseph's story in chapter thirty-nine, where he's in Potiphar's house. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but Joseph ends up being like the head of the house out, you know, next to Potiphar. He's like in charge of Potiphar's affairs, and his wife, Potiphar's wife, found, you know, she ends up being attracted to him. So I want to just read this this verse that says. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So this guy was like, I don't have to worry about it. This Joseph guy, you know, he's definitely taking care of things and he trusts him. So. Then it goes on to say, and this is in verse 6 of chapter 39, Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after some time his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, With me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house and has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. So, how could I do this immense evil? And how could I sin against God? So, we see the posture of his heart. We see that Joseph is very concerned. Number one, because of this being something immoral, something evil, and also because it would be a form of sin against the Lord. One of the things that sometimes I think we forget is that there's this really interesting dynamic happening in our lives. There's like this thing where we're living in this world, right? And then there's this thing where we're also living. For God. So simultaneously, we're in this place where tons of evil is happening. We're being tempted, all the things, right? And then at the same time, we're trying to live a life that is pleasing unto God. And it's very easy in this world to maybe like lower the boundary, right? Or maybe push the boundary out so that we can make a little more room for the thing that's appealing. But Joseph didn't do that. He could very well have just said, you know what? This guy's not even home. No one has to know. He was being desired, right? That could have fed his ego. But he didn't give into that. He was wanting to, to live an honorable life. And the Lord obviously saw his heart, right? Because the Lord was blessing him. and We see that the fruit that was coming out of his life was good fruit. He tells her, no. What does she do? She turns around and says lies about him, says that she tried to, that he tried to sleep with her and force himself on her and, you know, at that point she makes an accusation against Joseph which lands him in jail. So he ends up in jail and in verse 21 where it says Joseph is in prison, we see this very important verse. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him he granted him favor with the prison warden. And the reason this is important is because we see that God and Joseph have a very, very deep relationship, okay? What I didn't highlight was earlier in chapter 39 when it reads in verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. So the Lord is just always with him. He was sold into slavery, but the Lord was with him. He goes to prison, but the Lord is with him. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let George Joy Podcast Production and Management Services Help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Joris Joy at Facebook.com forward slash Joris Joy. And guess what? The link is in the show notes. All right, back to the show. So let's move on to chapter 40. I know I'm like almost 10 minutes in, so stick with me. All right. Chapter 40 Joseph interprets two prisoners' dreams. Okay, so he also interprets dreams, right? he interprets dreams by, you know, receiving God's help. He goes on, interprets these dreams in chapter 41. A couple years later, this dude who was one of the guys in jail ends up being one of the men who works for Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh has a dream and he's like really perplexed by this dream, falls asleep, has another dream. He looks for people to to interpret this dream and this guy who had been in prison with with Joseph remembers Joseph he's like oh my gosh he's the chief cupbearer he's the guy that pours the wine into the into Pharaoh's cup so this is another trusted man right like these are men who have authority they are in positions of influence and and this person who is the chief cupbearer that means that he is trusted to give the pharaoh what he's going to be drinking out of that cup He's trusted that he's not going to be poisoning Pharaoh. He says to Pharaoh, today I remember my faults. This is in chapter 41, verse 9. Today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and he put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us. And each one had its own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. So then Pharaoh sends for Joseph. Pharaoh says to Joseph, I've had a dream. This is verse 15. I've had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. And Joseph says, and this is so important. This is like one of the primary things that we're going to be focusing on. I am not able to, Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He stops the guy from giving him the credit and says, it's not me. It's God. And that links me, you know, I'm going to link this to the whole shebang of this episode. Joseph knew his purpose. And we see what purpose actually means in the Bible in Exodus. But before I go there, I want to just read the Oxford Dictionary's definition of purpose. The reason for which something is done or created Or for which something exists. So if you are a Christian, if God created all things and all things are good, then what were they created for? What is the purpose? What is the reason for which these things were done or created for or for which they exist? And we see in Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, this was said to Pharaoh, this particular verse, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. It is never supposed to be about us. It is never supposed to be that we get the credit, that we are put on the pedestal, that we are exalted and glorified and made the thing. It is always supposed to be that we point people back to God that it would be God's name that is proclaimed in all the earth that it would be God who shows his power okay he does that through us right we even see that there that God was telling this to Pharaoh but I've raised you up for this very purpose even Pharaoh was used by God Pharaoh wasn't even a follower he wasn't even part of the you know the children of Israel he was Pharaoh up in Egypt causing havoc doing what he wanted right but even he was used for God's purpose and so I bring it back to genesis joseph says i cannot do it but god will give pharaoh the answer he desires that's a different translation in the csb which is a translation that i was just reading out of he says i am not able to it is god who will give pharaoh a favorable answer it's not me it's god and what ends up happening God opens doors. After that Pharaoh says to Joseph, since God's made all this known to you, there's no and there's, you know, no one so discerning or as wise as you. You'll be in charge of my palace and all the people are, are going to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. And we know that even that is inaccurate because only God was greater, right? With that, when you know your purpose, when you know that everything you do is to show God's power to exalt God's name so that God's name would be proclaimed in all the earth. There is favor on your life. There is favor. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. God opened doors because he knew that Joseph's heart was his, because he knew that Joseph was going to honor him with his life, was going to honor him with his actions. And what did he do? He used Joseph to eventually save his own family, right? Because it was they were in a uh, time of famine. And that's eventually how he and his brothers were reunited. The very brothers that sold him into slavery, right? Go on and finish, you know, uh, studying Genesis. It's very important that you do that. If you haven't studied Genesis, I highly recommend. You moving through Genesis, I was like, You know, so moved when I first read the story of Joseph, but even more so when I actually studied it because I started to just see things from a a different perspective and really see God's heart, you know. And so, with that, how does this silence anxiety? How do you get more productive when you know your purpose? How do you overcome anxiety when you know your purpose? Well, the first thing is that. You don't have to worry about doing all the things because God opens the doors. God puts you in the position of influence. He puts you in the place where you're going to have the impact he desires for you to have. He puts you in the right circles with the right people in the right time. You don't have to worry about that. All you have to do is follow his lead. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow because you're focused on what God is doing today. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to accomplish the thing because God's purposes will be accomplished whether you are obedient or not. You don't have to worry about ticking off all of the things on your to-do list because it's not about the to-do list. It's about your heart for God. And this might not be the productivity conversation that you wanted to have or the, the tips that you wanted to hear, but I'm here to tell you That knowing your purpose means that you submit and surrender to the Lord and it means that you stop worrying and trying to control everything, that you stop trying to do everything in your power, that you stop doing everything in your understanding and your own strength because it doesn't work when you do that. It does not work. It doesn't lead to you prospering. It doesn't lead to you being filled with God's peace it doesn't lead to you being able to minister to others and to to really point people back to God because you're too worried about the thing you're too worried about the actions and how you're going to make it happen you focus on you you focus on your iniquity or your ability when it's not even about what you do or don't do it's always about God so unpopular opinion Whether you worry about what you do today or not, God will open doors for you to get it done. Whether you walk through those doors or not, it's, you know, that's up to you. But God will open them. And if your plans are for things to go in one direction, but they go in another, my prayer is that you would have peace about them and that you would still follow his lead, that you would still remember that God is with you so that you can prosper just like Genesis chapter 39, verse two says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. It's not so that he failed or, you know, so came to the circumstances. This guy was sold into slavery. This guy was put in jail for a wrongful accusation. This guy ends up spending years of his life. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. By the time he gets in front of Pharaoh, Years have passed. We know that he was in jail for two years, right? Because the cupbearer ended up remembering him two years later. So these are long periods of time by our standards that there is just very little direction provided, but the little direction that was provided was enough to land him in places of massive influence to the point where he was the number two guy in Egypt, number two, second only to Pharaoh, right? This Hebrew guy. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Your number one takeaway for today is to follow God's lead, to remember that you are on this earth so that God would be exalted through you. So, that you can point people back to God. So, number one, remember that you are here on this earth. You were created to worship God, to point people back to God. And because of that, all you have to do is follow his lead. Okay. Knowing your purpose helps you stop resisting. Okay. Number one, you can stop resisting because you know that you're created to exalt him and just follow his lead. Okay. Number two, you can stop worrying, you can silence the anxiety because you can trust him. And when you trust him, when you see that he is trustworthy, which is illustrated in the life of Joseph over and over and over again, you can see that it's not about you getting the things done. It's about trusting him to get the things done for you and through you. And maybe they're not the things that you think. So remembering that as well, you know, humbling yourself before the Lord and just being willing to move when he moves you in the way that he does. And my final takeaway, number four, is that you would find peace in doing life his way and in being present and focusing on who's in front of you who you're ministering to, who you're witnessing to, right? That you would fellowship with all your heart, that you would serve God with all your heart, that you would point people back to him just as Joseph did and that you would trust it at the right time. He'll move you. Trust him, trust him, trust him. That is what I have for you today. I pray that this is a blessing to you. I hope that this is an opportunity for you to pause and just take inventory of where you've been resisting God and where you might be able to surrender and just follow his lead so that he can make you the productive one. He can be the captain of your ship. Can't have Jesus taking the wheel if you aren't going to give it over. Okay? If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll leave a review. If you want more conversation or content about purpose, this is an awesome opportunity for you to check out Firm Foundations. It's a completely free mini course I designed to help you build on the unshakable truth about your identity, your purpose and your calling in Christ. And when you're done with that, if you still want more, come on over to our Bible study group community over on Facebook www dot forward slash community you can also just head to the website and click on courses if you're interested in firm foundations and if you're not it's all good I hope you'll join me for the next episode it's gonna be a good one I'll see you soon love you bye hey sister girl if you love today's episode the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on apple podcasts this helps other christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.